everybody, welcome to the PR Podcast, give you guys a better insight on how to master your bodies and raising your PRs in and outside the gym. My name is Joseph. I'm here with my two amazing hosts, Annabelle. Hi. And Morgan. Hello. How are we doing today, guys? Great. Doing good. Good. <laughs> Happy to hear it. <laughs> so we're here on this beautiful Friday. It's a nice hot summer day still. I can't wait until we get back into these winter months. It's just, it's just too hot. I don't, I don't like it. Can't I, don't want, heat. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> like the heat either. Yeah. I don't like going outdoors. I just want to stay inside. So the AC, or I just want to like go to my car, blast the AC real fast. Like just, just to walk from the house to the car. I dread. Cause I already know I'm going to start sweating. Mm-hmm. And we go over this every time. Every time. <laughs> like you yeah. guys are full of complaints. I love summer. <laughs> I get cold in AC. <laughs> it's all right. Again, though, There's... I think we talked about this as well. It's, it's so much easier to get warm than it, than it is to get cold. So if you're in the AC, feels... <laughs> toss a sweater on, take a nap. Scientifically proven, you can sleep better in a cold room. It's hard to sleep in a, in a hot room. That's true. That's true. And I'm lucky enough to have AC, but I just don't like it hurts being cold. It hurts like <laughs> my body hurts when it's too cold. You might and, be like, dying. <laughs> my joints, everything's all. That's, that's, I mean, that's because you're old. All is nice. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to say no. But <laughs> Can't just take that, Annie. Well, I'm the oldest one in this on this screen. <laughs> and he's like, facts are facts. <laughs> Science. <laughs> yeah, it's one one extra year wiser. <clears throat> yeah. So Morgan, how are the PRs coming along? Which PRs? All, All of them. them. All of them. <laughs> and he was like, Well, I, I hit so many PRs, you gotta be more specific. Yeah. Yeah. Like whatever about? you PR. Like, obviously, it's more common for powerlifters and bodybuilders. So whenever you PR, do you, like, have a celebration? Like, do you, like, take a shot of whiskey every time you hit a new PR? Like, do you have anything? Or is it just kind of, like, self-high five, uh, just another day? I just expect them. So it's not really, like, a big deal. (laughs) You know, it's just like, okay, cool, no PR. You cocky, humble Good looking guy, man. <laughs> hey, man. But in the work, so you expect something in return, right? Yeah. I respect yes. that. Cause I, I, cause I know some people when they hit PRs, like celebrate it, you know, especially when they, when they work at it for such a long time. Yeah. But unless it's like a big milestone that I really want, mm-hmm. I, would, I won't get too excited. Like little, cause I hit little PRs every couple weeks, like volume PRs or rep PRs. Mm-hmm. Um, but every time I hit like a big milestone, I do get like really excited. Uh, but I, I don't have like much like emotion when I celebrate. Sometimes do I any, do. Do you have any like any numbers in place of numbers you want to hit? Like like what are your like what's your golden deadlift number that you would love to get to? Um, so I definitely want to hit like a six fifty deadlift. Right okay, now, and where you at right I, now? Like the most I've hit, I think it's. I feel it's like 640 or 635, something like that. But what I really want is 650. 
Uh, but the one I really, really want is I want to like my squad. I want a squad 575. That's like the one I want. So bad. And where you at? And where you at for PR for squat? Most I've done is five fifty. That was last year. Okay. So you're, so you're not crazy far off. So I'm made. Like I'm it's coming. I, I know it. Yeah. I can feel it. It's just not time. Cause right now <laughs> we're um, the one. <laughs> yeah. you, you could usually feel it when you when it, when you when it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> feel it. Feel it building up, you know. But yeah, it's anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it's just not that time. It's not that phase in training. So I can't, even though I'm tempted, I can't, I can't. When it happens though, we celebrate it. Yeah. Yeah. This is so interesting, like this conversation. So Huberman, that there's like a neuroscientist. um, We've talked about him or like, at least I've texted you guys, like some of his podcast episodes. I just listened to one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's from Stanford. He's neuroscience something he's a professor but he had a podcast on motivation and dopamine and like one of the strategies that he had because you know he always talks about like the neuroscience like all the like super geeky stuff at the beginning but then he always gives like tips like to you know increase or implement whatever he's talking about so he was talking about motivation and one of the things he said is like you don't celebrate every win like you're not supposed to. And like, that's one of the things he learned like from one of his colleagues, like they published a paper together, but um, if you celebrate everything, like you kind of like diminish like the returns, like, so you're less determined to like achieve big things. Like for him, he was talking about like publishing a paper and like publishing research, but he's like, you can use this like for physical feats, like for athletes, like you won't see like, olympians like celebrating every workout you know even though they're performing at like crazy high levels i'm just like i don't know if that was like intrinsic or you just like that's just what you do (laughs) or i don't know i I listen to that podcast too and i love how he talks about when you get that dopamine rush after you do succeed in something and then it goes away you kind of almost crave to do more to get that rush again Mm -hmm. and the perfect example for me is whenever I won the Olympia in 2019, like I won the Olympia and then I won the mortis, the Harley Davidson motorcycle right after like the dopamine dump, like within my brain was just completely flooded. And it was almost like it would never go away. And then I went home the next day and I'm like, back, right. back to normal life, you know, like, and the dopamine went away and it's almost kind of like, wow, like, it's, it's, it's crazy how once it's gone, it's kind of gone and you kind of almost feel like, okay, what's next? Yeah. And he kind of talked about that. Like when you were saying like, okay, like once you were home, but you picked back up and like, like just decided on the next challenge. Like he talks about mm-hmm. a lot of times, like once, like, like first time college students, like when they graduate and they like, don't know what's next. Like a lot of people will like fall into depression or like, you know, whatever else. But like, if, you're the type you're, you're kind of like a little bit more growth minded or if even if you're not but like just more aware of it then you can like be like okay that's fine like it was great that I achieved this but like I can plan for something else like or the next thing or something I guess that's why people kind of live in the glory day sometimes right uh, I guess that's kind of what it is like when people think back to man remember in high school I was like the best quarterback and 
you know, in, in school, yada, 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 people kind of live back to those days because that's why when they had the highest dopamine rush that they could possibly think of and they kind of had to talk about it to relive it to get the dopamine going again. I wonder if that's related. So I guess it's like a therapy session now, but I wonder if yeah. it's like, because <laughs> like, this is so totally I, not I, even a topic. <laughs> I, I personally have like an, a problem. Like I can't take a day off or a rest day or like not just about training, but like working towards something. Cause I sort of got, I feel depressed. I'm like, God damn, I got to do something. I'm such a loser. I'm not doing anything right now. Like, I don't know if it's just me, but I, I have to do something. Is that, I don't know if that's related to that. Yeah. Cause if I don't do anything, it's, it's kind of hard for me. And I know that's bad, but I don't know why. So it's uh, it's kind of like, cause people always are, are, are always say like, Oh, I'm hungry. I'm hungry like for, you know, for greatness or for achievement. And I think the issue is so many people or so many of us, especially nowadays, like, I feel like so many people are, are, they want to be successful more than they were in the past, I think, because of social media and stuff. And we see what's possible. I think we become so hungry that we're never full. And so no matter what you achieve, you never have time to step back and give yourself a pat on the back. And I know I suffer from that myself. And I know if I do, there's probably people out there that do as well, mm-hmm. where no matter how much you're achieving, no matter how much you're doing, you, you know that there's always more steps that you sometimes just forget to kind of like sit back, look at what you've done and be like, you know, I think I do deserve almost a rest day or a day to, to kind of almost congratulate myself and, and be full for a day. Yeah. Only if you deserve it though. <laughs> you know at the same time you got to deserve yeah. it, you got to earn it you know obviously mm-hmm. for the olympia that's that's you know that was a nice chance for me to kind of step back and t- finally take a breather yeah. i don't know yeah. that's interesting can't say for sure it probably has something to do with like personality too because that just reminds me of like a type a personality person who's just like proactive about everything and doesn't really give themselves a chance to rest mm-hmm. you know off topic but i thought it was probably related to that like um this will relate to the topic too is i love the interview with kobe bryant where after he won one of the uh one of their playoff games and he was not smiling not happy and one of the interviewers was like why aren't you smiling like why aren't you happy like aren't you happy you won he's like job's not done is the job done because it was just one game and the championship wasn't done yet he didn't he didn't win the championship they didn't win the playoffs yet so he was like, yeah. job's not done. And it's kind of, it's kind of like that, you know, kind of like what Morgan was talking about. Like he doesn't celebrate the small ones. You celebrate the big ones. Mm-hmm. And then when the championship is, is won, then that's when you celebrate and win. Like for me, like I have my show next week in, in Mexico, the natural universe. And it's kind of my mindset. Like if I win it, it's kind of like, that's phenomenal. It's a great show to win, but job's not done. The job, the main show, the main championship is the Olympia in November. So we keep working. Speaking of, so (laughs) yeah, tell us a little bit how your prep's going. Yeah, how you going? How's it going, Joseph? Cheeks there popping right now. I know you see the cheek. The ones on your face. The ones on your face. (laughs) (laughs) I still be. I still be squatting though. You know. (laughs) Put your tongue back. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Prep is going good though. I mean, you know, this prep was 
a long, the longest prep I've ever had it a 20 week prep. Cause I take all of 2020 off, did a bulk for a long time, put some weight on. And I started my bulk at 230 pounds and I am currently only 195. I'm under the 200 pound mark. So we dropped a lot, but it was over a very slow duration of time. So the amount of muscle that I was able to maintain is going to be very, very good for whenever I step on stage next Sunday. Yeah. But we're hitting the, the deep waters now. Yeah. You yeah. told us a little bit earlier that you hit a wall today. Yeah. Today is the first day. Like I've had some pretty tough workouts during this prep, but today was the day where just kind of just hit that wall, adrenaline dump and almost felt drunk in the gym because I'm so like getting to that depleted state where my limbs just felt very, very heavy. Like my arms felt heavy. My legs felt heavy. Uh, my head was almost feeling like a little bit tipsy. Like I was, like I was buzzed, but you know, it's not my first rodeo huh? and got through it. Finished the workout. If you need some motivation or someone to push you, just let me know. I'll go in there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Then I mean, I would love it to be honest. It's always nice to have like a fresh workout partner whenever you are on prep. Cause it kind of, um, it does help push a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It helps. I get to feed off my, my partner's energy. Like one thing I wouldn't, I hate doing or something I would never do again is work out with somebody who's also on prep. And then you have mm. two people who are like <laughs> both really fatigued and tired. <laughs> and it, it just doesn't work out well. So yeah, it's nice to have a, a workout partner who's fresh, strong, and you know, it forces you to, to keep up with them. Yeah, so I during this podcast, so stronger can't get much stronger than Morgan. That, that's a fact. Well, I don't curl much, but I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan's the type of guy my- <laughs> that would like curl the first day ever and like hit like PRs and be the strongest guy in the gym at curling. I'm vascular <laughs> for no yeah. reason. Well, and then, and then he finds no out, reason. and then he finds out there's a curl competition in two weeks and he goes and wins it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and doesn't celebrate because. <laughs> Small. Why? why why celebrate nah. <laughs> so if i if i start to slur my words a little bit during this podcast <laughs> that's probably why <laughs> a little depleted so when do you leave i um, i'm gonna fly out wednesday and my show's on sunday so fly out wednesday shows on sunday fly back monday uh, i ain't gonna spend too much time out there and um, cause I'm trying to eat, trying to come back over here and, and grub and celebrate for a week and then get back on prep for the Olympia. But yeah, so I have an Airbnb because I, I need a kitchen. So I can actually cook food while I'm out there and I don't have to rely on like delivery services and stuff like that or cold food. Mm-hmm. So Airbnb is right next to the host hotel where I'm going to be working out at. And the hotel luckily has a sauna as well. So everything's going to be smooth nice. and ready to go and they're going to be providing transportation from the hotel to the actual venue also so they have it all worked out out there nice. and the prize or the trophy i guess you can say the award is a championship belt like like almost like a wrestling belt nice. and i think yeah it, it, it's like the colors <laughs> of that too you know like really kind of like flashy mm-hmm. so That'd be very exciting uh, to bring home after I win. If we go out, you better wear it. (laughs) (laughs) But have it over my shoulder. I might carry like the rock. 
Yeah. <laughs> if you smell. <laughs> can I just like lead? Like, can I just like be the hype woman and then yeah, hype? Yeah. Clear the way, push people all the way. Yeah. You're all pushing people's knees because you're so short. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> you know what? I have plans. <laughs> I'm not going. <laughs> I have to vacuum my room that day. <laughs> Uh, but, no, but like so before this podcast we we talked about this a little bit is obviously i want to go and celebrate with you guys as well one of these days and um there's a mexican place in brea that i really want to go and celebrate have some good tacos okay knees out there yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, bring, I bring the belt too okay if i lose though disown me <laughs> We'll get, we'll still go get tacos. <laughs> Loser tacos. <laughs> <laughs> They're all lettuce wrapped. <laughs> Sad. No salsa. You guys, no have, salsa. Any, you guys <laughs> have any rotten meat? Give me that. Now, if you lose, we, we, you ain't eating tacos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> not having any good food. You're going to keep going. Vegan tacos. Back in the gym. No disrespect to all the vegans out there. <laughs> all the vegans are like, what? Where are vegan tacos for losers? So what are your workouts looking like right now? Um, so right now, I, I'm i doing a lot, a lot of like supersets and drop sets. And giant sets are what I like to call super duper sets. <laughs> Just because it sounds better. So... Um, so, so basically the supersets, it's, um, the way I like to do, it, I like to work the, um, the antagonist muscle to my primary muscle group. So for instance, a lot of people, they'll train chest and triceps together where I will do chest and biceps together. And the reason behind that is that your triceps are going to obviously assist in your chest workouts and your chest movements. So if I was to superset triceps with my chest and fatigue my triceps, I feel like I would have a less of a good performance on my chest movements since they are the assisting muscle. So I like to work the antagonist muscle. So I will actually work biceps with chest. That way both muscles are fresh and I can hit them as hard as I want and they won't counteract with each other through the duration of the workouts. So, so for supersets, for instance, I'll do like dumbbell incline bench press and I'll superset it with dumbbell curls so hit my set of chest bench press drop the weight stand up grab the dumbbells do some curls and i'll kind of do that through the entire workout i'll find some type of like dumbbell variation or barbell variation for the for the biceps and superset it with all my chest movements and yeah i have a question annabelle go ahead (laughs) (laughs) i raised my hand do you say supersets or do you say superset Super, like, super. Okay. Okay, no, <laughs> just yeah, wanted no. to make, just wanted to make sure <laughs> you were mispronouncing it. <laughs> you yell it too, right? Like you yell it. <laughs> yeah, even if I'm by myself, I'll like I'll yell it as I'm performing it. So I'll be like super yeah. set, and, <gasps> and then go. Okay, and I'll start breaking all, all the sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying for us. So that would be like your superset. And then I like to do a lot of drop sets as well, where a drop set is the same exact movement, just lowering the weight right when you're done. So I usually lower the weight out only by about 30%. And so for instance, if I'm doing hundred pound dumbbells for bench press, 
I'll drop those, go right into the 70s and keep the set going with the, with the lighter set. That way I get real full hypertrophy on the muscle and I'm really straining it and working it to true failure. Because sometimes if you're lifting really heavy, you'll burn out with that weight, but you still have some stamina in that muscle still. So I think it's nice to do the drop set. That way you get full muscle hypertrophy out of, out of the muscle movements. And then nice. when, yeah. And then as I get deeper into my prep, I start to add giant sets or like I said, super duper sets where it's three movements after another. So sometimes it'll be a drop set with a super set. So I'll do those hundred pound dumbbells into 70 pound dumbbells and then into bicep curls all in one circuit. And then I'll rest after that. And I'll be considered one, nice. one set. Yeah. Super duper set. Super duper sets. And you know, drop sets and supersets are a great way to kind of speed up workouts as well if you are on a time crunch. But for me, I'm using them for more for just kind of muscle building and hitting these muscle parts multiple times per week. Because a lot of times if you're not hitting a certain muscle group more than once a week, it's very hard to make it grow, especially as you start to get deeper, more years into weightlifting. Um, you have to find a way to evolve more, more progression. And sometimes it's either volume, so it's by weight, or sometimes it's just by adding more and more sets, you know, progressive overload by, by any means. Yeah. Um, I use supersets usually for the time-saving thing. <laughs> like, it's just kind of nice to just not have to wait and rest in between sets. You could be doing something else. Um, but I like that you mentioned, too, that you bring every set, even your supersets, like pretty close to failure. Cause that's yeah. one of the main like drivers of hypertrophy, right? You don't need to train close to failure every workout, but for hypertrophy, mm. that's one of the main like drivers you have to like, you can, I think, I mean, people always ask like, Oh, can you build muscle doing, you know, anything insert, whatever, like body weight workouts, whatever, like technically, yes. If you yeah. train close to failure. Yeah. And I think it's, it'll be good to, to mention what close to failure is. And that's usually about when you're just about two reps shy of true failure of true 100% exhaustion. And so it's very, very rare. If I ever go to true failure, if I do, it's probably because it's the very last set of that workout. Um, and then I'll be like, okay, I'm going to do this bench press or even just do pushups to true failure to which technique is thrown out the window at the end. I'm just kind of using everything I can to, to get my body up. Yeah, that's pretty rare. Yeah, because um, there's a good handful of studies out there, which obviously we're not prepared to that's not the topic, but there's a nice handful of studies out there that show that coming close to true failure is sometimes even better than true failure itself. Yeah, and, and you recover faster between sets and you're able to have a more fun and pleasurable workout. You're not dragging yourself out of the gym at the end. Nice. Do uh, what about you, Morgan? Do you ever incorporate like supersets or drop sets into mm -hmm. your powerlifting programs? Do pro yeah, is that, actually, all my like all my so what my programs look like is like I'll do the main movement, like a squat, bench, and deadlift, or whatever it is that day. And then when I do like my bodybuilding movements, like my accessories, um, I do supersets and drop sets and pause sets. So, um, like rest pause, I don't know if you guys use those as well. So, I like using all those things because I'm, I'm a bro at heart. So I love the pump bra. So that's why I do it. <laughs> yeah. So I'll do the same thing as kind of like you. I'll do 
for example, my back movements, I'll do um, like a row and then I'll do some type of tricep movement or I'll do, sometimes I'll use the same muscles. Like I'll use, cause sometimes like for me, it's kind of different. So say I'm going to bench the next day. I don't want to do like a back and tries. So I'll just do back and then biceps. So kind of like not exactly what you're doing, but something like that. Or if I'm doing shoulders, I'll do like a giant set where I'll do all three movements. I'll do like a press and then a lateral raise and then like a real delt movement. So that's like my giant set. But yeah, I like doing it for time reasons, but mostly just because I like the pump. Like I get nasty pumps. It feels good, you know. So um, I do it more just for vanity. I just I just love looking like swole. What Especially when I go to commercial gyms, it's like phew, the lighting there is popping. You know, so. <laughs> and he already knows what I'm going to say. Um <laughs> So Morgan, since you are a bro, what does a pump feel like if you had to describe it? You know, it feels great. It feels, <laughs> feels like I'm coming all day, all the time, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, yeah it's, I mean, Arnold said it, I mean, I don't Arnold. even know if it's, I don't even know if it's appropriate <laughs> to bring him up right now. Okay. But that's where it came from. <laughs> and he was already laughing her ass off. And also, I'm about to ask like, that oh, question. Okay. Sure do you. She's like, it's coming. <laughs> Yeah, pun, exactly. pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I I love using, I really love using those as well. And I also like going to failure on like those smaller movements. Um, mm-hmm. I don't go ever to failure like on my squat bench or dead, but uh, for like my accessories or arms, like all the little muscles on my last set, I I take to failure failure as well. I don't use them like. Go ahead. And, and that's what people start to learn as they get more experience with weightlifting is that true failure like killing yourself on every single workout you don't have to do that mm. you know it's, it's really about quality over quantity and one thing like about me whenever i get a new client that i'm training like in person is like the very first day we train like they're trying to like rep out everything and i i have to tell them a number of times like slow down slow mm. down chill out you don't have to go that fast you don't have to get sloppy at the very, very end. Stop using momentum. Stop swinging your body. Like you don't have to kill yourself every single set. You know, it's all about quality and people hear it all the time, like quality over quantity, right? That's like weightlifting 101 right there. And that's mm-hmm. still the main thing that people ignore. Yeah. And they think they, out, like- they think they can outsmart it or outwork it. And it's like, no, like quality really does matter. Yeah. I heard it put one, uh, like recently, like you only make the gains that you can recover from. So while like, I think, I don't know, I think there is some merit to like, you should probably train to failure at some point during your lifting career, just to see what it feels like. And you know, whatever, like you you go lift (laughs) once in your life, but like, you're not going to make any kind of significant gains. Like if you can't recover from the workouts that you're doing. Yeah. I feel like I don't know. I feel like newer people or a lot of people don't even come close to training failure. Where they think true failure is, right? Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I think a lot of times when people think they get the true failure, it's really just boredom. Like if you're lifting a light weight and you're kind of like on rep 20 already, you're like, okay, I'm putting that weight down, even though you probably said like 10 (laughs) in the tank. So I think people have to realize the differences between true failure and boredom during a set. Yeah. Yeah, because weightlifting, yeah, sometimes it does get a little bit boring when you're in that middle of a set, especially when you're doing like drop sets and supersets. You're just doing so many reps. Sometimes you want to just just stop because you get bored. Yeah. So you're probably just not going heavy enough then. 
maybe weightlifting ain't for you. This <laughs> feels combative now. <laughs> no, I mean, that is a good point because like some of the, I mean, we're not talking about like women in lifting this episode. We have a whole episode where we talked about that like two years ago, but like women, when they go to the gym and they're lifting lighter weights, cause they think it's, you know, not going to make them bulky, whatever reasons. Um, but when they're lifting their kids or their purses or bags or you know, whatever that's heavier than what they are trying to lift in the gym. It's like, don't just go through the motions. Um, you should do like higher rep stuff if you want to build muscle endurance, but if you want to like build muscle, which I mean, that's kind of recomposition, you need to train pretty close to failure. So you need to lift more than what your toddler weighs or, you know, whatever you're using as a comparison, <laughs> your dog, whatever. <laughs> and when you pick your kid up, have some technique. <laughs> bend those legs use those hammies keep your chest deadlift up. your child <laughs> say wow that's excellent form you know i'll tell you one thing though but when you carry a kid your arms they burn out so fast and i'll see brie carry grayson sometimes longer than i can carry him sometimes mm -hmm. i'm like how are you doing that like i carry him for like three minutes and my arms are on fire like mom strength yeah it's that mom strength yeah something about it. I'm a little jealous. Yeah. And like, I mean, you're lifting weights that don't move like toddlers wiggle <laughs> and pull on your hair. <laughs> yeah, That's like a wild one too. Functional training, you know? <laughs> so let's go ahead and move into our main topic for the day. Um, is a new study that recently just kind of came to light, which is really, really cool because this is going to eliminate the excuse of I'm too old. <laughs> so throughout pretty much, all, I'm sure all of us could vouch that we've heard people tell us like, oh man, when you get older, it makes it so much harder to draw body fat. And because I'm older, it's too hard for me to lose weight. And now this study that came to light proves that there is not really a merit to, to go behind that. And so I'm going to have Annie go ahead and lead on this one. Yeah. So this was a study and like a lot of people, like you said, are already talking about it and Blew citing up. it. Um, so it's basically like the main finding was that about metabolic rate, but I want to like talk a little bit about the study, like um, the main researcher. So uh, the main researcher, he's an anthropology professor, ev evolutionary anthropology professor, um, he is probably most known, which I didn't know this till I was looking up like the article, he wrote the book called burn. And it's basically like, so he was part of a study where they talked about, and if you listen to mind pump at all, like they refer to this study all the time, it's the Hadza tribe. So a group of researchers observed this like hunter gatherer tribe, right? Like, so they're like out hunting and gathering almost like paleolithic times where they were trying to determine like okay do these groups of people that are hunter gatherer that live in this lifestyle do they have like a higher metabolic rate than you know americans who aren't hunting hunting and gathering like we're uber eats <laughs> you know everything and we're um walking like 2000 steps in a full day 
Um, and what they found, which was one of the biggest findings is like, no, they don't have a faster metabolic rate. And the whole point of the book was talking about like constrained energy. So bodybuilders and like athletes could probably vouch for this is like when you're super active or super like highly active, or even like if you have um, like a really active job where like you're working construction, something physically demanding, your body has all these mechanisms like to make you not burn as much calories. So like one of the examples they're always saying is like, you probably fidget a lot less than somebody normally would, or like they compare like bodybuilders that are going into prep at the very beginning when they're a little bit more high energy they have more calories and maybe like when they're talking and conversating they're talking with their hands and they're moving compared to toward the end of prep or you know like their brain power is a little bit lower or they are just just not moving as much and it's like subconscious but it's your body's way of saying like hey we don't want to burn as many calories so that was his first study which it's so cool to me that he's not even like a nutrition guy like his work is anthropology but it like it all ties together because he's talking a lot about metabolism so this study there was over 80 authors so over 80 researchers um I pull up my notes because I did like bullets. So it had for a nutrition study, which is really huge. It had almost 6,500 participants Huge. and yeah, which is like so rare. It's super difficult to get like a large study. And what's even more impressive is that they were able to get data from populations like across 29 countries. So when you think about someone who's going to conduct like a nutrition study, they're recruiting usually like in within their own city. A lot of the times these are conducted like in university settings. So they're recruiting a lot of college students. So most nutrition studies are small sample groups, usually people who live in the same city, if not at least the same county or state and roughly around the same age group. So this data pulled information from babies as young as eight days old and people all the way like well into their 90s so um over 40 years worth of data was collected and one of the ways like that they were able to do this is and if you listen to stronger by science they talk a lot about like strength and science but they talk a lot about open science and it's kind of difficult because a lot of like studies, they don't share data, right? Like if you're a researcher, you're conducting a study, most researchers kind of want to keep their results to themselves, but they're really trying to push for this open, um, open science or open data to where they can do something like this, like evaluate research, like over the span of 40 years. Um, hopefully this one study kind of encourages more researchers to do so, um, but we'll see, I don't know. Um, the other big thing about the study is it used basically what's considered like the gold standard of metabolic like research, metabolic observation. So um, if you think about how like a nutrition or metabolism like study could be done, like either you're in like a little vault where you're breathing into like a tube and it's like, measuring your your co2 output 
Um, or you're like in what they call like a nutrition ward where this is some of the studies like on nutrition and like, especially like on really low calorie and malnutrition that was done. Um, I think like German Nazi era where they were taking like prisoners and conducting these studies, I would never be approved or never be allowed these days, but at least they have that, um, but a nutrition ward is basically like you're put in like a little tiny room, like almost like a studio apartment. And they just observe like your gas outputs, like in order to determine like, okay, what's your metabolic rate. Mm -hmm. And it's weird because it's not super accurate only because like how normally is your metabolism functioning? If you're like in a studio apartment, like they probably give you like, I don't know, magazines or books or something, but you're probably like, I have no idea what this looks so like, much. but yeah, yeah, you're not moving around. You're probably like stressed out because there's a bunch of like people in lab coats, like, <laughs> I don't know, watching you, like observing your data. Um, but they use what, uh, what's called um, doubly labeled water. And I had to write it down because I know I learned about it, but our college, like in nutrition, like my nutrition classes, we couldn't afford doing it because it's an expensive like study. And the data is really valuable, which is why like whoever in the 1980s decided that they wanted to start using doubly labeled water, it's super accurate, but it's expensive. They were like, well, we're spending all this money. We need to create like a big organized database. All that to say, this was like a really legit study. Um, so let me go over some of like the main findings. Um, I have pictures of the graphs and um, the stats that were um, discovered on my Instagram page, so I can share that. Um, the research article is not open access, so you can you can access it if you pay. Well, first, if you're like a member of um, the journal that it's published in, or if you are in academia, usually you have access to these re research studies. Um, I was able to get access to it, but if you want to read it for a few days, um, you can pay, I think it's like 30 bucks and you get access for a few days um, for this study. But um, the charts are available for everyone to see. And um, so basically what they found, there was four main things. So across the lifespan, uh, basically from the time that you're born to the time that you turn one, your calorie burn is at its peak. Like, so infants are burning calories like crazy. Um, and it's basically like 50% more than what they would or will in adulthood. Um, and that makes sense, right? There's, you're the most anabolic when you're pregnant one and when you're a baby, because you're growing so super fast, right? So like unfair. All the, I go, right? I like can't be, all I the, can't be either of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like Grayson, Grayson was, yeah, Grayson was more anabolic than you <laughs> at one point. <laughs> so, cause like, and if you think about it, they're just eating and sleeping. That's like, if, if a bodybuilder could live in an ideal world, he would eat, sleep and train, or she would eat, sleep and train. And that's it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so that was the first finding. They thought that was interesting because they knew this was true. They knew babies uh, have a high metabolic rate, um, right? They're feeding all the time too. Like, <laughs> and um, all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they didn't really know by how much, like compared to adulthood. Um, 
the second one that is from age one to age 20. So from the time like, okay, you're done being super anabolic after your one year old to till you're 20, it basically your metabolism, your metabolic rate slows down by about 3% every year. So um, that was kind of known. So the little curve will start like pretty high and then kind of taper off. Um, the biggest finding, which is the one that you talked about, which is taking away the excuses from anybody, not anybody. I don't want to say anybody because it's outliers. Yeah. yeah. So basically from the time that you're 20 to the time that you're 60, your metabolic rate holds pretty steady. 60 so, years old. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing because um, obviously I, I compete and I see these competitors in their forties and fifties, like late fifties into their sixties. And they come in with phenomenal conditioning at such a late age. And I'm just like, wow, it blows my mind sometimes. Cause these guys come in sometimes better conditioned than I am. Yeah. And now I know it's just like, oh, well, <laughs> you have a regular metabolism. Yeah. <laughs> the same what was even cool is they, the studies that they did included obviously men and women, but also pregnant women. So pregnant women, when you account for uh, fat-free mass, which is basically anything that's not body fat. So your muscle tissue, your organs, your bones, and they're developing fetus. When they account for all that metabolic rate stays basically the same. So, um, oh, and there was a fourth one. Um, okay. So, and then after age 60, which they found this is really interesting too. And I'll, I'll explain a little bit why, but um, your, metab your metabolic rate basically declines by about 0.7%, almost 1% per year after you turn 60. So basically what does all this mean? So it was exciting because we've probably all heard. And I like, I know for sure, like I believed like I'm a woman, I probably have a slower metabolic rate than like, the males around me, or like, as I'm aging, my meta or metabolic rate, my metabolism is slowing down. Um, and it's easy to believe that because one, we hear it, right? Like every, when we're in our twenties, everyone, our thirties was like, Oh, wait till you're 30. <laughs> when we're in, now that we're in our thirties or close, I don't know. How old are you, Joseph? I don't, I don't know. 30. Yeah. I'm 30. Okay. So now all the 40 year olds are telling us, wait till you're 40. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just happens to be that we, we hear that from them, but we also see it, right? Like there's less and less 30 year olds, even less 40 year olds, even less 50 year olds who are at a, what would be considered like a healthy BMI or like BMI, body composition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what kind of like the controversial part about that is a lot of people like that could feel like an attack, right? Like if you were using that as, as an excuse, or if you believe that, I believe that, then you no longer get to more or less. There were some outliers in the study. Obviously, you know, your metabolic rate is just one of those things that determines like your body composition, but it is a big thing. Um, and the positive thing about that is like, now it becomes something that's in your control. So that's one of the things like I, I like, I had like some afterthoughts about that. It's like, okay, this is really good news because we, we can't control if we age or not. Like, hopefully we do, right? That's a good thing you want to age because the alternative is you're dying like, or you're dead. 
So you want to age, but that doesn't become one of the contributing factors to why your metabolism slows down. What really happens in actuality is your life slows down. Like you physically slow down. Um, after you graduate high school and college, you get desk jobs for many of us. You get, you know, uh, comfortable in careers. Um, you're not invited to like as many different activities and you're not raging and you're not doing different things. You're not as physically active. Um, families happen, which can slow you down um, or decrease your the amount of physical activity you're doing. Um, as you start making more money, like you start re outsourcing, right? Like you start paying people to mow your lawn, clean your house, do all those things that even though they're not directly exercised, they're contributing to your physical activity. So it's true that yes, like many of our like uh, bodies would reflect that like our metabolic rate would slow down, but it's not, that's not what's actually happening. So the other main thing that is relatable to anybody who lifts, which is really cool is the one thing that they did find that influenced your metabolic rate, you know, when they analyzed all these uh, data points from these six, over 6,000 people, they were able to find, okay, the people that had the most amount of fat-free mass um, had the faster, tended to have the faster or, you know, whatever, better metabolic rates. So that's kind of exciting too, because, um, and I, I, like, I had to bring it back to like nutrition, right? Like, so many of my clients, sometimes many, I mean, many of our clients, maybe, um, before they come to us, hopefully like are living their lives, like in a calorie deficit, cause they're trying to lose weight or, you know, change the way their body looks and feels. Um, so what that means is like, you can't build muscle. I mean, you can, if you're a newbie, but you can't build muscle as easily if you don't have anything to build with. So there has to be some phases of maintenance and there has to be some phases of, bulking or where you're in a calorie surplus where you can build this fat-free mass like you want to be able to have more muscle on your body um, because that's one of the things that does actually impact your metabolic rate so I mean that's kind of exciting what else um and uh, I just like to just add like perspective wise, like depending on the individual some like you said some people are going to feel attacked that they can't use this as an excuse and on the other hand, some people are going to feel excited because now they know that they can keep a healthier, better metabolism all the way up to their, until, until age 60, you know, only drops by, like you said, about 0.1 from 0.7 to 1% per year after that. Like when I seen that study, it excited me because in my head, I was already thinking like, man, when I turn like 40 years old, this would be so hard to stay in shape. Like it's to be so hard to keep this body fat off. Like I probably won't be competing no more because I'll be 40. My metabolism is, is going to be down to shit. Like that, I used to think about that. That used to cross my mind from time to time. And after the study came out, it, it excited me because I'm like, oh, dang, I don't have to think about that no more. Like it, it's, it's yeah. almost like a relief that it's going to be easier to keep a, you know, a top level physique all the way until my later years of life. Because I don't plan on stopping, you know, working out or being active, you know? So yeah. it's like, Perspective wise, I love it. I think it's a phenomenal study. It actually made me really happy when when it 
um, came out what like a week or two ago or when it started to get really talked about. Yeah. Yeah. But some people are going to feel attacked because I am that guy that if you say, or if you're around me and you start to say, Oh, it's because I'm 40 or 50 years old. I'm going to look at you and be like, Nah, that's not it. You're just lazy. <laughs> yeah, just give, oh give them a copy of the study. <laughs> Six pages. Yeah. Do you guys well, have I mean, any questions la- if, about I it? Mean, if I they're mean, lazy, they're, they're not going to read it. <laughs> I'll, just ta- I'll just tell them. Yeah. Any questions about it? I have a lot of notes, but I mean. My main question would be um, for those babies who are highly anabolic, um, how do you keep that? <laughs> but I'm serious though. Like, I, I, you know, obviously a newborn in their first year of life, they do have a very high metabolic rate. What's causing that? Like, like how can we somehow manipulate that to a more adulthood years? Like, is there like, like, why are there different types of metabolisms? Like, why have we not been able to figure this out yet? And why somebody has a fast metabolism and somebody else has a slow metabolism? Because like you said about the um, the, the, the VO2 um, kind of test with a, with a tube to test metabolism, I got that done. And I am below average for my, for my metabolism. But because I do carry a lot of muscle in my body and I exercise and I know my caloric deficit, I'm able to keep the body fed off. But it is harder for me compared to somebody who has a naturally high metabolism. Like, do we know any type of correlation or any way to just naturally speed up metabolism besides just adding muscle? Okay, so I'm glad you brought that up because that was one of my last points about like the older individuals who are in the study. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yeah. So, if you are somebody who has like a just a below average metabolic rate, the one thing you can do, which is what I mean, that's literally what you're doing, like, is just building more fat-free mass. Um, the other thing is, and this was the one, uh, point that I wanted to bring up for like the older adults is they saw like a really significant drop-off after 60. And usually when there's studies like this, there's a discussion section where they have to talk about next steps. Okay. Like we have this information. This is what we're able to find from this study. Like what are, how can we push this even further? And one of the studies uh, or one of the topics that they proposed to bring up for um, was why does our metabolism drop off after 60? Like why is that the number? Um, Some of the speculation, which was super interesting to me. And it was kind of funny because I heard, um, uh, a podcaster also discuss it is um, they think it's organs. So there's, and, and this, if you Google it, you can kind of find out, okay, how many calories does my brain utilize to function or how many calories does my liver utilize to function or like anything that's like, like how many calories does like my vascular system use in a day? Like, and there's averages by like by weight, you won't be able to find that unless I mean, you won't be able to find it because really the only way that they can accurately weigh like your brain is once you die and they do an autopsy. <laughs> By that point, it's it doesn't matter. But um, so their speculation was that like you start losing organ function. So your liver, your kidneys, your while they don't contribute like a whole lot to your total body mass, they do contribute a lot, especially after six year, 60 years old, and especially for women, because what happens and what tends to happen, especially if you don't spend like right now, like your younger years building muscle and bring, building bone density, which 
lifting does both of that for you. So if you don't spend time building that up, sarcopenia happens. And that's basically a fancy word to say that it's just natural muscle loss or um, uh, what is it? Uh, orthopenia. So uh, that's basically like bone loss or bone density loss. Um, osteoporosis, which is super, super common in women, um, especially older women, that it's osteo, which means bone, porosis, which means like pores, like porous, like, so picture like your bone starts off looking like a pencil and ends up looking like a sponge, more or less, right? So it's like full of holes, so it's less dense. Um, so that's what they're thinking has something to do with it. Um, the fat-free mass, uh, and oh, the third one was genetics. <laughs> so genetics is the other component that they considered um, would probably put those people who were outliers, like, you know, wherever they are. Um, while that does contribute to some, there is like, like we were mentioning, there's a lot of lifestyle things you can do. So like this big, fancy, huge, exciting study that came out, like, so some actionable things, like if you are somebody who wants to speed up your metabolism or who wants to improve like your metabolic rate, um, our takeaways would just be like lift, like build fat-free mass, um, spend some time in maintenance. Maintenance calories is really important. Being in a surplus is really important to build mass or to build fat-free mass. Um, and then just really evaluate what your daily physical activity is like. So if you're somebody who like, maybe you did slow down because of career or family, um, start like give yourself a baseline. So, so if you're somebody who wants to monitor, like maybe steps that you take in a day, say if you take like 4,000 steps in a day, you don't have to do the suggested 10,000 steps, you know, just increase it to five or 6,000 within a week or two, like just find ways that you can get more physically active, um, sit less often and, and just build more fat-free mass. I mean, there's some of the big things, a lot of information to soak in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Annabelle, you killed it on that one. Great job. <laughs> so, so people like tuned out like 10 minutes ago <laughs> the, the nerds are still here though <laughs> and if there's anybody like if you have more questions or want more information like I can try to like explain like different parts of it to you um I have access to the article so if you're interested in learning like what the discussion points were I mean it's going to be an article that like from this point on is going to be cited like over and over and over again for like further studies, like given that universities or research groups have like the time, the money, the resources, the energy, like there's going to be a lot more like moves toward figuring out, okay, like we found these four things out, like these four main things out, like over the lifespan of metabolism, like, oh, one of, one of the jokes was that, um, great. Like we're going to see all these like supplements come out, like to target, like, Oh, grow your liver, <laughs> like, or like <laughs> build your, <laughs> like, you're going to see like all these, like, you know, supplement fanatics who are just going to be like, Oh, here's an opportunity to make money. And it's like, I mean, if they, if they're able to, and <laughs> we can like get around the fact that 
we have to spend our younger years like doing this hard work like that might be kind of cool but I really doubt it (laughs) all right let's go ahead and jump into our last segment for this episode which is gonna be the this or that and Annabelle has our questions today so she'll be asking them (sighs) let me pull them up okay so there's (laughs) we asked uh on our our um instagram for some of these like this or that question so i just want to shout out uh myra and uh andrea who both like contributed like a ton of questions they're really good um so i'll put their instagram handles both of them are like in the health and fitness field they both share like a lot of good information um, Myra is CEO of Meals for Myra. And then Andrea is the owner of Savage Fit Club, which is a gym, I think, in Chino or Ontario. Ontario. That area. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, gym. I've seen that gym. Yeah. 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 They have a little Frenchie as their um, yeah, the mascot. mascot. Adorable. <laughs> yeah. Huge so cute. Hanger. It looks like it's a huge hanger where they're at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's pretty cool. Okay. So this or that, guys. Okay. There's 20 of them. So we're going to try to get this. to them quickish sorry i thought that was a question (laughs) he was on it (laughs) look at you prep brain where (laughs) okay wait how does this work this or that how does so i'm gonna here we'll do our first one this is number one for an example and i told you i started with like the more heavy like kind of like really thought provoking and then the later ones are like a little bit more fun okay so this first one would you oh okay so just imagine i'm saying would you rather but basically it's this or that so defend a guilty person or prosecute an innocent person. Oh. Defend. How guilty. <laughs> what was it again? Defend a guilty it, person or. Yeah. So say you're a lawyer. Would you rather defend someone you know is guilty or prosecute someone you know is innocent? Or maybe you don't know that they're in a scenario, you know, oh, man, but you're just doing uh, your job. I, I'd say no, that changes things. No, no, no. Because if you don't know, then it's not a it's not a big deal. I mean, it is a big deal, but you don't know. <laughs> if you know, then it's. Well, OK, so let's rough. say you don't know, but you find this out like 10 years later. OK, so if I don't know originally, don't know. This, if I don't know, then I'll probably say defend someone who's guilty. OK. Because, yeah. Why would I want to prosecute someone who's innocent? <laughs> they don't deserve it. <laughs> I'll throw down the hammer. <laughs> I was like, I'll defend <laughs> someone too. I think, yeah, defend. Yeah. Because, man, it would, it would suck if you throw someone in jail for like 20 years. Yeah, and they're innocent, which happens. Yeah. Sucks, yeah. but okay. Okay, so that these are the thought-provoking ones, remember? So the later ones won't take as much. Okay, this one was, oh, this one's crazy. Okay, would you rather... <laughs> Kill an innocent child for the good of the human race or allow the human race to be extinct. Oh, because, that, because I didn't like kill the child? Baby? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, baby. You dying. Okay, so you would kill this yeah, child. Yeah, I'd kill them. Yeah. To save okay. the human to save the human race. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of babies out there. <laughs> nah. Morgan, do I we rise together? Wait, we I, fall together. It's not my baby, right? It doesn't say. <laughs> yeah, if it's not my baby, then 
Okay. Save the human. Save, save the human race. Okay. We all going down. Um. Okay. Get the these, sacrifice. Yeah, these get easier from here on out. I think we'll see. So, say everything that comes to mind, or never say anything again. Never say anything again. Well, what's your thoughts like? I don't like people anyways. I'll stay quiet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd rather say say everything that's in my say mind. Everything on Dang, your mind. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So would you rather see see the future or change the past? See the future. this one's hard because if you could see the future then there's no fun you know what's coming like there's no mystery but if you change the past past. if you change the past have you not seen the movie butterfly effect you change the past and next thing you know america we lost the war (laughs) (laughs) i'd probably change the past okay yeah okay yeah would you rather train upper body or lower body Upper lower body. Is it got upper and yeah, upper lower? Uh, lower? Okay. Morgan, Morgan lower. lower. <laughs> <laughs> upper for Joseph. Okay. Would you rather be friends with Donald Trump or with Kim Kardashian? Donald Trump. Yeah, Trump. Okay. That's easy. <laughs> I, I feel like I could be around Kim Kardashian for more than 10 yeah, minutes. Same here. No, no thank you. <laughs> Would you rather be eaten by a shark or a tiger shark i feel like a shark will probably swallow me within two bites a tiger i feel like i'm making me suffer i feel like i'll have a shot against a tiger so i'm gonna go tiger <laughs> okay. you okay. definitely don't have a shot by the way <laughs> i can't swim so i know i'll be um, done there <laughs> okay so that was gonna be my logic i hate the idea of drowning so i'm just like let's go tiger <laughs> just yeah. just end it end it i don't want to be in water shot, like as my last like <laughs> i definitely feel like the shark would kill okay. you a lot faster and be done and over with you probably won't see it coming yeah but then i'd be in the water like cold i hate being cold remember <laughs> okay would you rather be yourself and nobody likes you or not be yourself and everybody likes you Like nobody, including my wife. I'm I'm gonna go nobody. Be myself. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go well, the older the older I get, the more I I don't care. So I'm gonna go with be myself. Same. Okay. <laughs> the less I care. Like, you know, like oh whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I'll pretend to be someone um, kinda not like me. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Would you rather be stuck in a room? Like for a long time with a smart ass or a dumb ass? Smart ass. Because <laughs> whenever I say smart remarks and someone calls me a smart ass, my return is always better than a dumb ass. Okay. I, but I feel it'd be more funny with a dumb ass. I feel like it'd be more funny with a smart ass. More clever. Uh. No, because more smartest are usually you, like you just said you don't want to hang out with up you just like, said you don't want to hang out with Kim Kardashian. So what? <laughs> That's a dumbass. 
I would want to. So is Trump. I would want to talk to her. Yeah, he's a smartass. They're both both like pretty. Well, they're both like business wise, Uh, like really smart. It just depends, like what the subject is, you know. uh, Yeah, all like business you're talking about. Yeah, like videos. (laughs) I would want. (laughs) Okay, wait. Did you answer? Okay, so you said. I said I said smartass, and Morgan Morgan said dumbass. Okay, it'll be more comedy. Sushi or poke? Sushi. Sushi. Hit or steady state cardio? Steady state. Oh. Okay. Waffles or pancakes? Pancakes. <sighs> Waffles. Oh Waffles or God. pancakes with abs. You got little oh. syrup cups. I love I love waffles. Big old Belgian waffles. waffles. Are incomplete pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. Each of you guys cook one of each and I'll decide. I'm just going to get the pancake mix and put it into a, a waffle maker. Yeah, but it's different. It changes the, it changes the pancakes. So pancakes. <laughs> um, okay. Toilet paper. Does it roll over or under? Over. What? Does toilet paper it, uh, roll over, over or under? Or under. over under under so, no. so yeah morgan <laughs> we can't do the podcast with you no more so yeah if you look at the actual um uh, was it was it the, the tra- trademark the invention whatever of toilet paper is actually supposed to be over why do you know that <laughs> my head is filled with random fun facts okay because i'm a smart ass Okay. <laughs> That's why Morgan okay. doesn't like me right now. Red bell peppers or green bell peppers? Uh, green? I mean, I really don't disrespect either of them, but I usually add green to a lot of my stuff. Red. Red. Okay. Socks on or off when you sleep? Off. Okay. One million dollars right now or one penny doubling Every day for 30 days. Oh, the penny. Look at this. <laughs> I've done this. Is this like, is this like a, a math problem? Yeah, it is. So okay. how much is that? <laughs> uh, I, 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 yeah, 30 days. If you, A penny, if you double it every single day for 30 days, comes out to like uh, 20 million or something like that. Okay, then I'll do the penny. Yeah. Okay. Whichever has more money. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Chicken or beef? Beef. That's a tough one. I do like chicken thigh. Go ham on that. <laughs> but I do like a good burger as well. I, I do like chicken wings though. <laughs> oh, shoot. Oh, damn. <laughs> Fatty kind too. Yeah, I'm going to go with chicken. Chicken? Okay. Yeah. Vanilla Such whey protein bro. or chocolate whey protein? <laughs> Whey protein, vanilla or, vanilla or chocolate? Yeah. Vanilla. Vanilla. Really? Yeah. I haven't found a vanilla that I like. You could do so much more with vanilla. Yeah. You could do yeah, a lot with chocolate. Yeah, you can make chocolate. some more things with vanilla. All right. Yeah. Send, me, send me the brands you use and I'll try a vanilla. Okay. Pumpkin spice latte or pumpkin spice cold brew? Oh, you have to like pick pumpkin. one. I don't like pumpkin spice, but if I did, you have I'll to pick go with, one. I'll, I'll go with cold brew. <laughs> Because I drink cold brew coffee. K9 um, cold brew coffee. Oh, me too. 
cold latte. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay. <laughs> with whole, with whole okay. pumpkin. And we're here to the end. This is 20. Um, would you rather ice cream didn't have any calories or pizza didn't have any calories? Pizza. Pizza. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because you can I find low-calorie ice cream. That's easy. You can't find low-calorie pizza. Okay. Yeah. Ice cream doesn't do it for me like pizza does. Same. So no? I'm taking pizza. Okay. Yeah. You guys are like savory. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Those are good ones. Yeah, those are fun. Yeah, they're way better than ones than the ones we have yes. come up with. Yes. So thank you, ladies. Yeah, Those we're gonna have fun. to do this again. But <laughs> I'm gonna go to Bree and be like, "Hey, yeah. guess what? I would definitely kill a baby to save the human race." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm gonna but do because this is fun, dude. There's oh, chicken and breast. You have many more options. With different pretty beef. versatile. With different no, beef. no, no, no. You have fried chicken, buffalo wings, or chicken. Like there's you don't need fried chicken, man. But Come I'm on. saying hey. if I wasn't on prep, I'm just saying there's a lot other there's more chicken. You do like oh well you know what you it's like, hard because like there's more cuts of beef. Yeah, though. there's like filet mignon and <laughs> prime rib <laughs> filet mignon, prime rib <laughs> mignon. Asada. See, see, I thought about it in the form of if I had to eat it for the rest of my life every single day, I would definitely do chicken over beef. That's that's how I thought about it. What so if you're not getting that creatine. But if you told me like if you said for like one meal, then definitely I would choose beef over chicken. Okay. What if I said um free range chicken or grass fed beef? Oh, grass fed beef is pretty amazing. Okay. It's a higher omega three. It just smells and tastes a little bit more gamey. I have no idea what gamey tastes like, but (laughs) Joe Rogan says it all the time. You have elk meat? (laughs) (laughs) You ever tried tried DMT? DMT? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Tell me, listen to Joe Rogan. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go ahead and wrap this up. All right, thank you guys for tuning in for another episode of the PR Podcast. We will be coming out with another episode probably within two weeks since I do have my show next week. I'll be out of the country, but we'll keep you guys updated on all that. Make sure you guys follow us on Instagram. Follow the podcast at pr.podcast. Go ahead and follow Annabelle at evolve.annabelle. And you can find Morgan at morgan.aquino. And you guys can find me at fit underscore fluential. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. And um, if you guys can, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That'd be awesome. And we shall see you guys next time. Bye. See you.